So I'm here with Nikhil Mohindra from the British Paddle Team and today we're going to talk about a recap of the Dubai World Championships where we are now and also what we can look for in the future. So Nikhil we're here in Dubai and I mean what a fantastic venue for the World Paddle Championships. Yeah absolutely I mean we're here sat on Central Court and in the VIP section. In the VIP section, <laughs> surrounded by thousands of seats and yeah, looking forward to playing here with the heat and yeah, just really, really happy to be here. And, and we're, we're halfway through the week, so um, you know, we've already played, played some good teams. We're, it, it was difficult acclimatising. Let's start at the beginning of the week. We yeah. got here from, from the UK, or you came a little bit before, but yeah. you know, there's, a, there's a period of acclimatisation, right? Because yeah. it's so humid, it's hot, and we're playing outdoors. You actually spent the time playing indoors. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, as you said, I came a, a week or so earlier to try and acclimatise to Dubai, because, I mean, we train in London, weather's a bit different. Um, I tried training outdoors at midday, it was just way too hot. So I spent most of the time indoors, um, playing at your old club, but I mean, it is very different when you move to the outdoor scenario. The humidity, the, there's no roof, so the lobs can be as high as you want. The wind, all these factors come into play. So it is, it does change things a lot. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the big things I noted, the humidity is, it, it, it really zaps you. Like physically, yeah. it zaps you, but it also the balls, you know, are heavier. And, and we've played our first matches this week. At, you know, night matches. You yeah. know, we we played together in the first round and. We went on at 9 p.m. and already there's a, a kind of moisture on the glass from the, the humidity and Absolutely. I mean it, it completely changes the game, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean from the first ball, from the serve, the ball's skidding off and then as the match goes on, the humidity, I mean, gets worse for us and the glass, you can't, your tactics change because the ball, this ball that you would let pass, you can't let it hit the glass, now you've got to take it before, more volleys, more high lobs. So, yeah. so let, let's let's talk a little bit about that for those that play and and here we're talking about you know the humidity and the high heat and the glass get wet. But there's, there's a lot of people that play in Europe and they play outside and the glass might be wet you know with rain or, or condensation in the mornings or, or whatever it might be. So if people are playing with wet glass, what would you recommend? Like how how could they change their game? Well, personally, I would say as comfortable as you feel, take as much before the glass as you can because mm. all the shots then become shots you haven't really practiced before. You always practice in great conditions or, or normal courts. But as soon as the humidity sets in, you want to take the ball before the glass and when you're defending and as in paddle, you want to get to the net. But when you're at the net, get the volleys onto the glass so they make it even more difficult for your opponent as they're skidding off and it's less time for your opponent to react. I mean, this is ideal for tennis players, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we, we, we've spent the whole time <coughs> coaching players to say, you know, use the glass and control soft with your volleys. And now we're saying, you know, hit before the glass yeah. and hit your volleys deep. And, and, and that's really it. And, and as well from the back, if you're playing against good players, that the players here, for example, if we give them a bit of a floating ball and they hit with a bit of slice, I mean, that ball is, is not coming off the ground at all at the back. Um, no, no. And it's, it's, it's also partly due to the surface, right? Like, this is not Mondo surface, this is, yeah, it's Italian grass, I think it's called, and, and it, it slides through already. So yep. that combined with the, the, the wet glass has, has made it quite tough conditions for, for good paddle, I think. Absolutely, as you said, it's their new set court, so obviously not put in long ago just for this tournament. So that combined with the element of the, of the glass and the humidity definitely changes the game. And 
I think also having an advantage of on the serve, getting the serve to the glass, that really sets you up for the for your service game and mm. gives you the advantage on your game. Yeah, because that serve it slides against the glass and Absolutely. then you can't be accurate with your return. And it's interesting, a lot of people that are watching or listening to this probably don't realise that at these main events, they, they do put the courts in one or two days before. And, and at an event like this, they should really put it in three or four days before when we've got, you know, 200 players that are wanting to practice. practice. But anyway, they, it goes in one or two days before and actually the ball doesn't bounce for the first day or two until more people play on it and they, you know, they, yeah. they kind of stamp the, the carpet down and, and it starts to play. And so those first couple of days you get a lot of bad bounces you're getting a lot of like balls skidding through things like that yeah like first time i went and caught the other day <laughs> the ball was at the edge of my racket it was bouncing on the serve when i was trying to bounce with dead bounces but now it's a lot better as you said as as more people play on it as it settles down a bit more mm. it's, it's definitely better the more it plays so i mean if the tournaments could put it a few days extra earlier if they could put them in it would definitely definitely help and it's interesting that, like, because it's also the mental side of that, you know, it's very easy. These are tough conditions. And if players are, are playing and they're not playing their best, it's very easy to get frustrated and, and to blame the conditions that you're in. But you've, you've got to remember that all four players on the court have the same conditions, you know. Yeah. And, and that was one thing that, that we, we've been playing this week. It's like just remembering that our opponents are, are having the same difficulty. So, we want to play a style of game that suits the court. They're trying to do the same, but yeah. there's no point in us getting frustrated about the wet glass because you know we've we've all got that. And so, when the paddle is ugly, and and there has been a bit of ugly paddle this week, it's like it's just staying mentally strong. And how important is that? Yeah, personally, for me, that's one of my weakest points. Thinking, oh, the glass is wet. Oh, why is it always for me? But it's not. It's for the whole the whole match for the for our opponents, for my partner. So mentally, you've just got to stay focused and realise you've just got to adapt. There's no point worrying or complaining because you can't change anything in that moment. Mm. So you've just got to stay focused and adjust to, to the conditions. Otherwise, you're going to spend more time worrying about what's just happened and then losing the next point and digging yourself a hole. Yeah. And I mean, I think just changing tack slightly, one of the, the nicest things about these World Paddle Championships is, you know, you've got the pros wandering around. I mean, like, you know, We've walked here and we, you walk past, you know, Tapia and, and Teo and, and Sanyo and, and these guys. And last night you see, you know, Paquito and Vicky Yang was playing on the outdoor court against a Uruguay pair. And it's like, it, it's really nice because you're so close yeah. to, to the pros in this and, and you, you know, you get to see them. And they're, they're generally really nice, you know, nice to be around, aren't they? They're, they're all quite down to earth. And, you know, it's how much does that, help you I mean this is your second world championship so you, you had this in Doha um, and yeah. the previous time but you know how nice is that for you getting into the sport to to see those pros like literally in, in front of you well it's a bit surreal I mean seeing them at breakfast sharing an elevator with them small things like that you're gonna say sharing an omelette with them or something <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um but just being that close it's, it's a bit surreal one day you're watching them win master finals and the next you're you're at breakfast with them. So it's really encouraging knowing that like you're with them at these events competing for the same kind of trophy. It's mm. it's so much fun to be around and encouraging as I said. And this is why it's so good for like the young like younger players and juniors and, and even to come and watch. Yeah. I mean because 
you know, all the, pl the pro players, they, they finish the matches and, and they all walk through the sports village and you've yeah, got yeah, all yeah. of these, you know, and it, we've seen it this week, like these, these Emirati players that are, you know, and, and younger ones wandering around and they're getting to, you know, take so selfies and photos with all the players. And it's, 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 it's great, I think. It, it kind of only can inspire them to, to do more. Absolutely, and that should push people who are not in their national team to want to be at these events even more. Um, just being around these guys really just motivates you to train harder and, and seeing this level up front and like getting to play against these people mm. is once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, having spent the, you know, most of the week here already, but you know, after this week, having seen the pros, having played these matches, what are you going to go away and either work on or, or try and introduce into your, your training? For sure. The biggest thing is and everyone underestimates it, is patience, is mm. just staying in the point and waiting for the right opportunity instead of getting a half-hearted chance and trying to finish it, mm. because then you end up just losing the point. Like you see, I was watching these guys yesterday, they played nine, ten lobs in a row. It, it, you might think it's boring, but it's so effective and that's how you end up winning the point, is by being patient, outsmarting your opponent and just staying in the rally really that's what i want to focus it's difficult this isn't it because you know in the uk you you play a lot of tournaments in the uk and and any of these countries where paddle is developing it's normally tennis players that yeah. are taking it up and so you know the game develops in these kind of pockets so fast and yeah. it's like serving and it's fast volume and it's attack 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 and you don't you know you're, you barely use the lob and and it's one thing that we worked on at the beginning of the week wasn't it you know using that high lob lots of lobs and and this is one thing that if you are in a country where the sport is developing, whether it's, you know, the Nordics or Belgium or Holland or UK or US or Australia, wherever it might be, it's, it's almost learning to slow the game down, even though everyone else is playing fast. And it's not easy to do that, is it? You get sucked no. into that very, very quickly. And, you know, here we would get punished for it. You know, at this level, you can't yeah. play like that. Otherwise, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be you know, making the mistake first every time. No, as you said, like in England and in the UK, we, we play against tennis players, so it's volley, volley, volley. And you, and you just get into that mentality, like you've got to win the point by attacking because these tennis players that are coming over, the tennis rallies are normally, on average, four to six shots because mm. they're so powerful. And then that transitions to paddle, and then you play against that, you get sucked into that. And, and actually, half of the time, when you, well, most of the time, when you play softer, it's, it's a lot better. You just mm. got to get them moving, and that's the main thing that I've got to focus on. It's that in, it's mainly the instinct, isn't it? You know, it's so it's so easy to get one person hits fast in a rally, and then it goes bam, 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 and it all becomes fast then, Absolutely. all of a sudden, and then you know, and once that happens, it's very difficult then to say, okay, I'm going to really yeah. slow this down with a lob when the ball is coming at a, like a bullet at you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think for me, me personally, coming into this week, it's. Um, you know, now I'm starting to get my match count up, but, but before, the, what, the thing I really struggle with now being based in the UK is, is good matches. Yeah. You know, we, we've come here and, you know, our first match of the week is against a Portuguese team that all are playing either on, like, you know, the World Paddle Tour or the APT Tour, and they're, you know, playing week in, week out. And, you know, I'm, we haven't had the chance to play any decent matches, really, other than the no. qualifying in Derby, which was great, but... Um, you know that that for me is the one thing and and we've had some tough games ourselves where 
it's just like we haven't quite, you know, we haven't quite played the right point at 30 all or, yeah. you know, they've played one extra ball and the rally's been 20 shots long, but we've made the mistake first. And it's, yeah. it's that kind of match tightness that I feel like I'm lacking. And I knew that, you know, when I was playing more paddle before or, or even previously in my tennis, it's, you know, you play good, strong matches week in, week out, and you yeah. get to, you know, your level just, just rises generally. And I think, you know, your your plan to, to go to Spain and to do some training there and, and to play against the level there. And I, I think it's it's essentially the only solution at this point to, to find good matches and good players. And I think that's why a lot of people do it. It's not necessarily the, the level of coaching, but it's the fact that you've got so many players there of a good level that yeah. you, every day you're having a, you know, a great match. Absolutely. For me, that's the most important thing, to be able to play at a constant high standard and keeping that level because as soon as you you play a lower level you drop to that level you're not learning you're not improving and for me that's why i want to make the step of going to spain for mm. a year to totally focus on playing important matches good matches being in those scenarios where you don't feel in your comfort you're out of your depth and you have to get used to that because at the start of the week when we like you said at 30 or they knew where to put the ball they knew mm. in these tight scenarios they know how to play the point and that's where I feel, and I, I have to improve at that at that game. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because we're talking about at this level, but I think it's it's all the way up. If you're a beginner, maybe you know you're making three unforced errors in a game, and therefore there's, it's very difficult for you to win that game. At a slightly higher level, maybe your your lobs are going a little bit too short, and it's you know therefore you're being attacked. And and what we found, even you know, in our match yesterday, is that if our return is you know, even this much too high, yeah. instead of being like a volley here at waist height, it's a volley here and we're yeah. getting attacked on it. And, you know, those margins get even finer, you know, the, the better you get. And, you you know, you speak to, to Bella or, you know, these guys about where, where they're aiming and they're aiming for like tiny yeah. spots on, you know, the person's body or over this shoulder or that shoulder. And, you know, it, it's it's just about kind of reducing those margins really and not making those mistakes whatever level you're at absolutely small details like what i was learning yesterday um or at the start of the week was when you're attacking if you play to the back end it's they have so much more freedom you've got mm. all this range of motion but as soon as you switch it like they were doing to me to the forehand side it's so restrictive of what you can mm. do small details like that especially I down that right side of the, the body here where you yeah. get you get jammed up exactly yeah. you, you can't do much from that scenario mm. and i think i think the best way to do it you know is to to be conscious of it when you're playing and if you can watch your own matches back and here we're fortunate these these are live stream these matches but um you know if not try and watch your own game back or be objective and yeah. then you know work on that for the next time Absolutely, because that's probably the most painful thing for me is watching my games back, like, oh, how have I done that? I don't think anyone enjoys watching <laughs> their own games back, unless you're, you know, LeBron or Galan, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me to sit through that and and actually learn from my game, or instead their play lob, instead play softer there or be more patient is, is I think, a massive benefit of recording your own game or watching it back from learning from your previous mistakes and not making them again. Hmm. So, yeah, I nice. think that's really important. So, at the end of the podcast, we finish with a few community questions. And uh, one of the questions this week was how to play in the wet. And we've, we've covered that, I think, in, in this video. But yeah. they've also said, what type of smashes should they be hitting from the left side in those wet conditions? 
you know, yeah. should they try and be hit more topspin, flat, slice, vibra? What would you what would you recommend? For me, in these conditions, in the wet conditions, the topspin is it, it, it cancels out with the wet. Mm. So hitting that only sets your opponent up for for a nice attacking shot. For me, playing the flat or the the slice really helps and catches with the wet and mm. cuts down. Um, with the smashes, be more patient and just wait for an opening where you can use the wall and use it to your advantage. And I think if you can get the side glass involved, exactly. like that's the key, isn't it? Because the, it will change the spin off the side glass and then if it hits back as well, it, it becomes yep. really difficult to defend. Yep. Um, another question that we have is when you are playing with your partner and you have a disagreement with your partner, how do you know when is the time to change partners or do you try and you know sort it out and 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 you know have a have a, a serious discussion and I, I think this talks around you know what when you're when you're with your partner how what should your communication be like and be very careful as you and i play together so <laughs> so if you're gonna if you want to change partners break it gently yeah right. well i feel communication is sometimes more important than the actual game because you have to be really connected on where you're putting the ball. You've got to move as one, be as one. You've got to be on the same energy level because you're a team and you've got to beat the opponents, of course. So after every point, you've got to be, yeah, come on, let's go. Bit of communication, bit of encouragement. For example, when they're lobbing you, you've got to always be telling them where you are, where they are, if they're up, if they're back, if they're close, if there's gaps in the middle, for example. But if you do come across any problems and or disagreements, don't you don't first of all you don't want to show it in the court to your opponents they immediately think okay we're in here mm. they're mentally down they're physically down they don't want to be here um i think either uh, during during the changeover you can have okay let's come to an agreement okay let's do this or let's do that and then after the match is when you can sit down properly take some time and really have a thorough discussion about it have you ever and this is not one of the community questions, this is my question now. Have you ever um, kind of played with someone and, and, you know, then had to explain that you don't want to play with them anymore? <laughs> have you had that situation? Well, I'm actually about to have that <laughs> conversation. Let, let's, let's, yeah, let's turn, the, let's turn the camera off quickly first. Yeah. Um, no, luckily enough for me, I haven't. I've always had, had such great partners who are encouraging and have brought me up because in my partnerships of that I've always had um, I've generally been the more mentally weaker one and I feel that all my par partners have really helped me in these scenarios so fingers crossed luckily I haven't had to tell anyone yet um, don't want to play with you so <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't come let's keep, to let's keep it that way <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. well Nickel, thank you very much for doing this podcast with me and uh, well I'll, I'll see you on court no doubt <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs>